Hey, good morning, we should Rabbi Cohn. So we are on the Tes Zion Ahmed Aleph, the first of the wide lines of the two dots. We're following the art scroll at 1682. So um, we are going back to something that was said in the Mishnah. Anyone who, who um, thinks about it, who, who focuses on four things, it would be better if he wasn't born. And the four things that were mentioned in the Mishnah is, you know, what what is above you, what's below you, what came before you, what went after you. When you think about these too hard, it's not such a great thing, and it's better if you didn't even try that. So, so it's understandable that you can say, don't think too much about what's above you and what's below you, as well as what's going to happen in the future. Because, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's very philosophical and not necessarily something that you need to be getting into. El of Nim, but what's, what's the problem about thinking about what happened before you? Whatever happened in the past, happened in the past. You know, it's history. What's the big deal? They both say, It's like the comparable to a human king. Bring me a palace on top of a trash heap. Um, and they went and they built this palace and the palace is on like a landfill of a trash heap the king isn't going to want people to talk about you know in, in the past this area was it was a was a trash heap so for that reason you shouldn't you shouldn't talk about the you know the what happened before as well so continuing on in the mission any someone who doesn't show honor to Hashem better if he wasn't for it he, what type of person is the person that doesn't have um, to think about the cover of Hashem? So we have two views. Rabbi Abba Omar, this is someone who stares at a rainbow. It doesn't mean necessarily that you, know, you look or glance at a rainbow, but someone who literally stares at a rainbow. Rabbi Yosef Omar, this is someone who secretly does Averos. Um, so, you know, you would think that someone who sins privately um, is because they're afraid of what people think about them, but they're not afraid of what Hashem thinks about them. So, Mistakalakeshes, the person who gazes at a rainbow, um, is is not following the covenant of Hashem. The Ksiv, that we learn in Yecheskel, Kemariah Keshes, Asher Yebanan, Bayom Hakeshem, like a rainbow that would be in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brilliance all around. Who mared mus Hashem? That was the appearance of the likeness of the of the glory of Hashem. So a rainbow is like a manifestation of Hashem's glory, and by just staring at it without you know thinking about it, shows that you're you're kind of callously treating the the kavod of Hashem. Um, and the second idea, Rabbi Yosi Elder So this is someone who does an avera in private. Whoever does a sin in, in private, it's as if he pushes away the feet um, of of Hashem. Hashem said that the Shamayim is my throne and the earth is my my footstool. So, um, by virtue of the person acting, sinning in private, it's as if they say, you know, Hashem is not here either, I'm, I'm all alone. And therefore, he's, he's kind of discarding the glory of Hashem, and as a result. So, Gemara asks, AC, is it really better, isn't it better to sin in, in private than in public? Uh, because when you sin in public, you are um, you're doing
do with Chil Hashem to a degree. Amar Abelazakin If a person sees that his Yitzhahara is overtaking him, so he should go to a place where he where people don't recognize him, where people don't know who he is. He should clothe himself in black and wrap himself in black. Um, in other words, be inconspicuous. He should do what he wants. And in doing so, he won't do a chilol Hashem publicly. Because if he does it in the middle of the area where people know him, it'll be more of a chilol Hashem. But if he goes off to somewhere and he, where people don't know him and he kind of keeps to himself, um, he it'll be less of a chilol Hashem. So, so that seems to be a stereo. One says that it's a problem that you shouldn't sin privately. One, one is kind of encouraging you that if you're, you know, you have to do, if you have to do this, then you should go somewhere in private and go do it. Well, kasha. Ha the Matikaya that when we're talking about um, the, the the what we learned that Rabbi Yosef says that um, you're not supposed to sin in private, it's a case where someone is someone is, has the ability to restrain himself from sinning but just doesn't. Ha the Matikaya but we're talking about what we just mentioned from Rabbi Ilya Hazakin about going off to a to a distant place, that's where you are completely unable to control your Yesahara. So because you're unable to control your Yitzhahara, at least you minimize the damage by going off to a place where people don't know you. So now we learn a few things about other things related to staring at a rainbow. Darush Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nachmani, Mitrugamed, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Nachmani, who was the spokesperson for Rabbi Yehuda, whoever stares at three things, it causes his eyesight to diminish. What are the three things? A keshes, a rainbow. Uvanasi, the the king, Uva Kohanim, and the and the king, and the Kohanim. So each of these has some some level of the Kabbalah Hashem connected to them, and therefore it's disrespectful to stare at them, and that ultimately causes a diminution of eyesight. Um, that the pasuk says, when it talks about Bakesha, it says Kamara Bakesha to Shaya Banam BeYomageshem Hu Marid Muskod Hashem. The pasuk we talked about before. That the rainbow embodies the glory of Hashem. But Nasi, when you talk about the Nasi, the Siv, it says in Bamidbar, uh, Benasata, Benhotcha, I was talking about Yehoshua, that, you'll, that Moshe should give some of his his majesty, his kavod, his hod to him. And you know, so basically, it's, he, he, that hod comes from Hashem. So giving that majesty to the, to the Nasi as a result is an is a, is a endowment from Hashem. Hamasaka, the Kohanim, and the one who stares at the Kohanim. When the, when the basin major stood, that the Kohanim would stand on their on their dukha, and that's why even today we refer to Birkas Kohanim as Dukhane. And they would say the, the full name of Hashem, and that the Kavod the, Hashem the would rest on their fingers of their hands that they stretched out. That's why even you know, the Midrash today, even as people don't look, and the Kohanim cover their hands so that people can't look. Um, so it's all the same thing. Um, so Darash Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Nachmani Mitzrayim Darash Lakish more about um, since we've talked about something that Yehuda Ben Nachmani said we're going to say something else. Ma'ida Siv, why? What does it mean when it says in Micha Al Tamino Bereya Al Tiftu Ba'alof? Do not trust a friend and do not rely on an official. Im Yom Racha Yitzhara If Yitzhara says to you, Tato. Just don't worry about it. You can sing. You can sing. Hashem will ultimately forgive you. Because later on you'll do tshuva. 
So don't worry about it. You know, do what you got to do now. You'll make it up later. Al Tame, don't believe in him. The Ain Reya Eli Yitzhahara. And when it says Reya here, as your friend, it's talking about really the Yitzhahara. Shemamar in Bereshit it says Yitzher Leiv Adam Ra, that the um, inclination of man's heart is Ra. So it uses the word like a play on the words between the word Reya and the word Ra. That it says this Yitzhahara is is this is this this concept. Ain Aleph, and when it says Aleph, Ain Aleph Ela Kadosh Baruch Hu only refers to Hashem. Shemamar, and this comes from Yirmiyah. Aleph na Raya you Hashem are the Aleph, the master of my youth. Shema Tomar me made thee. Okay, so then then maybe you'll ask Shema Tomar me maybe who's gonna who's gonna how's anybody gonna know who's gonna testify against me who's gonna be the aid to testify against me if I sin in privately. Avme um, Beso, the stones of a person's house. Even if you're in the uh, in the privacy of your own house, the stones of your own house will testify against you that you sin. The Korah Beso Shal Adam, or the beams of a person's house will testify about Hema Edomo, they'll testify about them. So the stones of the person's house and uh, the beams of the person's house will testify against them. Shemamar, Ki Eben Mikir Tizak Vichapitz Naitzganena. For a stone will cry from the wall, and a chip from the beams will testify. Even if you're sitting in public, in private, I mean, you know, the walls of the room and the beams of the room that you're in are going to testify against you that you sin. Um, that the soul of the person will give direct aidus against him. So, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't hide. Um, guard the doorways of your mouth and the one who lies in your, in your bosom. What is the thing that rests in a person, within a person. Have omezuna shama. Some, you know, you could say that it's there, the shama. The one thing that you have within you is your soul. Um, and then your neshama will always be there and it could always testify against you. Rika amar, shnei So there are two malachim that escort a person wherever he goes. They're the ones that are going to testify against him. Shnei amar, that it says in Tehillim, ki that the, the, there are always angels with you to observe you wherever you go. The Yeshamrim and their Samusei, Evarim shall Adam Meidim that the limbs of the person will testify. That you are my witnesses, the word of Hashem, and I am Hashem. So, bottom line is that no matter where you are, there's somebody or something that will um, register against you if you do something bad. So, whether it's the walls of the house or the beams of the house or your Neshama or some angels. You know, bottom line is don't don't listen to your Yitzhahara and don't sin. So now we're going to go, um, the, the Mishnah now is going to go back to a concept that was in the very beginning of Hagiga, where it talked about the Karbanos. And one of the concepts of the Karbanos was that a person who brings a Karban has to do smicha. They have to lean on the Karban itself as part of giving it. And the discussion is going to be about what do you do on, um, on Yom Tov, right? So on Yom Tov, do you still lean upon the animals or something you don't do on, on Yom Tov. So this is a very, the Mishnah we're about to do is, is very, very unique. Um, and um, we'll explain why. So, Yosef ben Yo'ezer Omer Shalol So Yosef ben Yo'ezer says, you don't do smicha. Yosef ben Yochanan Omer Lishmol. Yosef ben Yochanan says, yes, you do, do smicha. Yeshua ben Parach Yomer Shalol He says, you don't. Yitarabali Omer Lishmol. He says, you do. Yehuda ben Tamai Omer Shalol Yehuda ben Tabai says not to do smicha. He says to do smicha. Shmaya Omer Lishmol. Shmaya says, you don't do smicha. 
They didn't disagree. However, and Shammai came in, and then when Shammai came in, Hillel said one way. Shammai Amer Shalom. Smoke Shammai says don't not do smicha. Hillel Amer Smoke. Hillel said to do smicha. Um, so it's it's clearly a very interesting uh, type of mishnah. You don't see ever see a mishnah like this anywhere else. So Rashi says if you go to um, um, the first first Rashi in the mishnah, Yosef ben Yoezer Amer Shalom Smoke the Yom Tov. We're talking about Yom Tov. This is the very, very first machlokas that ever existed. So if these are these are all historical figures that go very back to the to the beginning. If you've ever learned Perkayavos, it kind of talks about the different generations, and some of those names represent those different generations. So Tosos asks, you know, how, do, how is that possible? You know, that there was never a machlokas. There was even machlokas between Davin and Davin and Shaul in the times of the of the Tanakh. So what this is referring to is this is this is the first intergenerational machlokas, where you had a machlokas and you had two camps and that continued on and on and on and there was always one opinion and another opinion. So um, so who are these different groups of people? So in every case we have a person A and a person B and a person A and a person B and a person A and a person B and Harishonim Hayonisiyim. So the, the, the first of each of those groups was the Nasi. The Nasi was the, the higher level person. And the second was the Avdesdin. Um, so you have, in all these cases, you have, you go through the names, you have the Nasi, who's the, who's the higher person, followed by the Avdesdin, who is the secondary person. So, so in theory, if you go through this, you would see that each of these people, historically, would be, you know, Yosef ben Yoezer was the Nasi, and Yosef ben Yochanan was the um, Avdesdin, you know, all the way down to Shmayin Atalon and Hillel and Shammai, all the way through. Um, so in the Gemara, the Gemara is going to talk more about this, you know, this, this lineage and this concept. The three, three of them of the first groups. Remember, in each case we said A says this, B says that. So the first group refers to the A people. Three of the Chachamim of the first that said, not to not to do smicha in the art scroll includes the first names, which is Yosef ben Yehazir, Yeshua ben Prapi, Yehuda ben Tavai, Ushnai mizukas haachronim shamru lismok, and two of the chachamim of the second group who said to do smicha, which are Shmai and Hillel, Hayu Nisiim. They were the Nisiim. Ushniim lahem avos besim. The second one of each group, Yosef ben Yochran, or Nitai Abarli, or Shimon ben Shetach, or Apalyon, or Shah or Shamai. In all those cases, those were the the av besim. Divrei Rabbi Meir. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Meir, and that kind of follows the way our Mishnah is structured. The Chachamim remember the Chachamim say no. Yehuda ben Tabai Avdesdin, Yeshem ben Shetach Nazdin. In that case, it was it was the reverse. That Yehuda ben Tabai was the Avdesdin, and Yeshem ben Shetach was actually the Nazi. So we're gonna we're gonna learn a, a, a different Beraisa um, that kind of elaborates and helps us understand who these people really are. Who is the Tana that taught what we learned in the following Beresa? Amar um, Yehuda ben Tabai. Um, so again, we were just learning about Yehuda ben Tabai and Shimon ben Shetha. So Yehuda ben Tabai said, Arab ben Achama, this is kind of like a swear, you know, so I, I swear essentially. If I didn't execute an aid zomim, so just to, to refresh, um, there's a concept of Adam zomim. So if you have if you have a situation where two Adam come along and they testify about something, 
the other Adam come and they say those people could not have testified about this because they were either not there or they were with us. So they're basically refuting their testimony. That first set of Adam is known as Adam Zomimim. And the, what, the punishment for them is that they get whatever they intended to do to the, the people that they were testifying against. So for example, if you had two witnesses that testified that we saw person A kill person B, and, and, and um, group, this other group of witnesses comes along and says they could not have seen that because they were with us in a completely different place. Because they testified and they wanted to put those people to death, they are therefore subject to, to the death penalty. So that's a high-level concept of Adam Zomimim. So Yehuda ben Tabayi says, you know, I, I basically swear, if I didn't execute a single Zomim witness that, that testified falsely about a, um, a murder, to basically counter the Sadukim. The Sadukim were those who, who um, maintained that they denied the Torah Shabbat. And therefore they would say, they would say that they would say something different. So he wanted to, he basically te- he was basically test- doing it to prove, disprove the tzedukim and to and to emphasize the position of the of the of the um, Torah Shabbat. So he, if he swore that he that he execute that he would execute a single zomim witness to go against the tzedukim, um, to that, that to go against their idea that said Adam zomim neharagim achi yaharag yahari has midam. That they don't get killed unless the people they accused are killed. So the the, the, the machlokas here is really about what do you do with Adam Zolomim. So let's say you had a situation where Adam Zolomim testified that um, they wanted to um, that they testify that someone a person a they saw a person a killing person B, um, or they saw that so therefore because of that um, the according to the um, According to the um, so so according to the tzedukim, they would only be executed if the person that they testified against was actually executed. So, um, but the chachamim say once it, once the once the plot is identified, they get they get the the um, punishment that they intended for the person, even if he didn't actually get it. So, in other words, because they caught the plot before it happened. Even if the people, the people that they testified against were not executed, um, they should get they should get the capital punishment as well. So therefore, he would he would execute that that single witness who testified falsely against the people, even if those people were not found guilty and executed as a result to go against the tzedukim. So Amr lo Shimon Shetha said to him, Arab Nechama, similar kind of curse, you know, similar kind of you know swear. You're, you are, you are shedding innocent blood. You're doing something that's not appropriate. Shaharei Amr Chachamim, the Chachamim said, um, The whole concept of Edim Zolomim has to be a pair of Zolomim witnesses. Um, they only get the punishment that they intended to inflict upon the people they testified against falsely if there's a pair of them. So if you have two witnesses that testify that person A was going to, was, they saw person A killing person B, and then these other two Adam Zolomim come along and they testify against the first set of Adam Zolomim, they are considered Adam Zolomim and they get the same punishment. But if you only have a single witness come along and testify, that doesn't work, and therefore they wouldn't get that same punishment. They wouldn't get 
the Malka, so they wouldn't get, you know, any, and they wouldn't get the monetary pay, payment uh, penalty or anything like that. So the single witness said he was was only one; he should not have been executed. So therefore, Miad Kibel Alav Yehuda Ben Tabai. Thereupon, Yehuda Ben Tabai took upon himself Sheino Morahelafa Elvin Shemim Ben Shetah. He would only rule on a matter in front of Shemim Ben Shetah because he didn't want to make a make a mistake again. Um, so Kol Yomav Shem Yehuda Ben Tabai Mishtateh Al Kibrosh Osahari. In his whole life, Yehuda Ben Tabai would would go and you know and beg for forgiveness on the grave of the person that he had had executed. The sound of his voice would be heard off in the distance. And people would say that it was the voice of the person that he had executed. No, he said, that's not, not the voice of the person that I executed. It's actually my voice you hear. You hear me moaning, in the, moaning and crying as a result. You'll know that this that tomorrow and eventually when you, when I die, when Yudhavit Tabai dies, his voice will no longer be heard. So once you know Yehuda ben Tabai will pass away, you won't hear that anymore. Um, and that's that's pretty much what happened. Um the people would say maybe what happened is is that once Yehuda ben Tabai died himself, the person he had he had executed without you know incorrectly was appeased by his death and therefore he stopped crying out. Um, or maybe that there was some, you know, he got his justice in the next world. Um, so it's it's not that. It's really it's really the situation is so that's a question. Um, so 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 basically, if you go go to our Baraisa and our Mishnah, so who's the author of this Baraisa that told this whole story? Mani who is it? Iamarta Bishlama Rav Meir. If you say that we're talking about Rav Meir, it makes sense. Was the Avbezdin, and Yehuda ben Tabai was the Nasi. So because it was, because what happened was that Yehuda ben Tabai gave a ruling. He, he basically had a person executed, and Shimon ben Shetak came to him and said, "You know, you did the wrong thing." And after that point, he said, "Okay, I'm not going to do any rulings unless I'm in front of you, Shimon ben Shetak, who's the who's the lower pay. He's the Avbezdin. He's not the Nasi in front of him." That he would be the one that would give the ruling first. And if you want to say that the that the Baraisa follows the opinion of the Rabbanan, and the Rabbanan, if you remember, said that Rabbi Yehuda ben Tabai was the Avdas, and Shimon ben Shetak was the Nasi. It was they said that they were in reverse. Avdasin, if a Nasi mean more halacha, would an Avdasin ever rule on a matter of halacha in front of a Nasi? So Yehuda ben Tabai would never have ruled in a ruling in front of Shem ben Shetak. Shem ben Shetak would have been the one that issued the ruling. Um, so the Gemara rejects this proof. Low, my kibel alav. When he says he accepted upon himself to not do any rulings in front of um, anybody else, what are we talking about? Um, well, it's true faith. Um, that he would not. He wouldn't. He wouldn't do anything else without Shem ben Shetak. That's true faith. He wouldn't join in sitting on a court um, with with anybody. That he would, he would, he won't even join. The only time he would be participating in a court is if Shimon and Shetak was there. Um, so he basically recused, recused himself from ever serving on a bezin again because he felt bad about this. He said the only time he would ever do it is if Shimon and Shetak um, was there with him to make sure that he did the right thing. So the Mishnah said, So if you, when we go through this whole series of people, we said there was person A and person B. And then we came to uh, Menachem and Hillel, and we said they didn't disagree. So, and then we said Menachem left, 
and Shammai came in and took his place. So where did he go to? What happened to Menachem? He went out to do, to do something inappropriate. He went for government service. Um, so, Tani Nami Hachi, we learned in a Braisa, Yatsub Nachal Avodas Amelach, Yatsimo Shmona Zugas Tamidin Lushitsukram, and 80 pairs of, peop- of, of people left left with him. So, you know, there's, there's a question like, why would, you know, why would um, Abaye, you know, automatically assume he left to do something inappropriate? You know, why would you go like Rava? They said, you know, he went off to do whatever he went off. Um, so it could just be that. Um, you know, he you know he was he was emphasizing that he left his position where he would have been, you know, a, a great person together with Hillel, um, and he decided to do something more secular as a result, and he is criticizing him as a result of that. So I think with this we'll stop, and we'll pick up again tomorrow. Have a wonderful day.